ESPN 690 and at your and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Purdue that can't hit a little bounce, I guess, is what they're saying. Yep, and I don't think so either. Wisconsin's defense is too great. Give me <laughs> great. Give me, give me Bucky. Well, I mean, please don't good. say great in Wisconsin again. Please don't good. say great in Wisconsin again. Good. Great in Wisconsin again. All right. So the question is: Is the Wisconsin defense great? Well, you know what they say: the numbers don't lie. Number two right now in team defense in the entire nation behind Georgia. Top 10 in pass yards. They're great. Number one overall in rush defense. They're great. And they had five takeaways against a Purdue team that just curb stomped Iowa. They're great. So, yeah, I would say the Wisconsin defense is pretty great. <laughs> yep. Uh, well go. done. Well done. Yeah. Is that what you do on the morning show now? Nope. nope. That's, what they, that's what they did on the relevant app, actually. That was my first. <laughs> <laughs> that was my intro to the relevant app. So, yeah. Go yeah, check some more of that out. I was going to say, now, that doesn't get you to download the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. That yeah. nothing will. Yeah, there you uh, go. You can well, do things like that. Well, and the story behind that is it's funny because so Saturday morning I had a text message. And the direct quote is, how are you going to let Brent talk about the Badgers like that? And, and I go, like, what? Did, and then I say, like, did he tweet something? And what happened was my fr- I, I called my friend, but I didn't even text him back. I'm like, I don't got time to text. I'll just call you and see what's going on. So apparently he listens every Friday. He listens to our picks because, you know, he wants to get maybe play some bets and some wagers and all that stuff. So he heard what you said about the Badgers' defense <laughs> not being great, and he's like, you can't let Brent talk to him about that. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got you. So, you know, I, I signed up for the relevant app. I'm like, my first tweets or my first, I don't know what we even call it, vibe, but my first vibe's yes. got to be a good vibe, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting out the best vibes ever, Brent, and there you oh, go. That was terrific. Who's your yeah. buddy there in Wisconsin? Shout out to AP. AP. Yeah. Uh, listen. Sorry, AP. I didn't look at the stats. I just watched this Georgia defense. That's a real great defense. Wow. Okay. Tony the Tiger. <laughs> he doubled down on it. He doubled down on it. Okay. Uh, that was good, though. I liked it. That was good stuff. Uh, yeah. By the way, I was watching those picks. We were all laughing at, at uh, Austin, I think, on Friday on the picks. Not laughing after those college games, were we? Well, yeah, well, the college well, games were one We're laughing thing, now. And now we're <laughs> laughing again. And that's the crazy thing, Brent. I had so many videos ready to go <laughs> Saturday night, and I'm like, do I tweet them now or do I wait till Sunday because I'm probably going to 3-0 Sunday? And then obviously the Eagles did their thing. The Ravens just didn't show up at all. They did their I thing. Know. And then uh, I forgot what the other game even was, but it just wasn't pretty. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Chiefs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, some of us, some of us went Titans plus four and a half. Yeah. Some of us are intellectuals, though. Yeah. yeah somebody, some of us don't want to be well liked in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep picking the Titans and Titans to the Super Bowl and everything else. You Which, know. By the way, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Now all of a sudden, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, they're peaking early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. What a world in the NFL. Uh, the by the way, that that. Wisconsin-Purdue game was 13-13. I'm like, all right. That a baby. All of a sudden, I look up. It's 30-13. What the heck happened? Yeah. And then how about Miami? NC State, what are you doing? I mean, Miami. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with NC State. It it might just turn out that if you're watching the feed right now on a streaming platform, you're watching this man dance. 
in his chair tell you because what. he picked Miami against all odds. Tell you what, <laughs> you know, if you go back and check the film, you're going to see a Miami team that's always <laughs> playing hard for their coach, okay? And they're playing at home, black uniforms. Sometimes it's all it takes. Sometimes all he needs is a new uniform and a, a certain swagger, and he can pull it out, and they pulled it By out. By the way, did you notice if you watched that game, there was, like, nobody there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, like nobody. In, in terms of a home field <laughs> advantage, sure. not so much. It was like no, the no. NC State family and then like See, six fans. It was bad. Because I, I think I said they're going to have the crowd to their advantage. When I said that, I, I didn't watch the film of the crowd. I didn't know that part of it. Uh, we mentioned the Chiefs. That's alarming. Like, here, here's the deal. The Chiefs just aren't good. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, like this, isn't, this doesn't feel like a Chiefs team that's going to find it. Their defense is seriously worse than the Jacks or at least in the same conversation. Keep an eye on Seattle's defense. It's not that great either tonight. But the Chiefs have big-time problems on defense, and, and they look like they don't have fixable problems, Austin. And when you do that, you're putting way too much on, on Mahomes and the offense. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like their offense is as dynamic. People have figured it, uh, what to play against them. I think, by the way, my man Orlovsky tweeted out what everybody's playing against them. Just the four-man rush. You're able to get home against the line. And... Like, I actually asked after watching that game for about an hour, I was like, is Tyreek Hill out of this game? Like, are they going to throw it to him? I, I didn't even hear his name. Yeah. So they have some significant problems, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is very good, but you can't do everything yourself at the QB position, especially if you're put behind in every game like their defense is doing. I think they've been down double digits like five out of seven games. Mm -hmm. So th th this is uh, going to be an off year, it looks like, for the Chiefs. I don't think they're correcting this. No, it's it's hard to believe they are going to correct this at, at any point, just watching them play. And, Brent, I think you and I sometime this week, and I, I'm sure the Jaguars are still practicing social distancing, but you and I need to go give um, Cam Robinson a giant hug and say sorry because Orlando Brown right now for the Kansas City Chiefs, not doing too well. And, and I was a big proponent of getting Orlando Brown here, but um, after watching that Titans game, I think he gave up two sacks yesterday. Uh, and I think he's tied for second right now in most hits allowed, most quarterback hits allowed, if I'm not mistaken, or he's third in that list. Uh, not good right now for Orlando Brown. No, uh, not at all. So uh, it, it'll be you got to be careful with uh, Mahomes is making a lot of mistakes. He just he can't freewheel like he normally would freewheel. And, and it's ugly to watch, but it happens, you know. And it, here's the thing I thought about, and I don't want to end the book on them now. And they can make some fixes, and, and they've got a fantastic quarterback. I'm a big Mahomes fan. But, you know, you take the conversation like last year and the last couple of years, it's like how many Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes going to win? Well, now you start looking forward a little bit. You're like, well, this doesn't feel much like a Super Bowl team over the next few years. They really better make fixes. How long is Andy Reid going to be around? Uh, now, all of a sudden, you're not putting five rings on Mahomes' hand. It's a long way to go. But I'm just, we had those kind of conversations. We're like, well, Tom Brady's got seven, or he had six at the time, whatever it was. It's like, well, maybe Mahomes is a guy that could catch him. Uh, we're not having those conversations anymore. No, I mean, it's crazy after, you know, half of a year, those conversations kind of died uh, away a little bit. And, you know, every year is different. Um, yeah. I I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I still like Kansas City as one of my favorites just because, you know, you, you felt like they're, they're too great um, and, and too fast, too dynamic to fail. But it goes to show you that, you know, you, you, can't get, you can't get by just with your wide receivers and your great tight end. Like, sometimes you need to balance things with a running game. And, and the Kansas City Chiefs, 
whether it's with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but now he's out. So I think you get that they got Williams in now. They just they can't really find a bead um, in the run game. And you saw with the Tennessee Titans, who seemed to found some lightning in a bottle after last week in terms of obviously it's the Derrick Henry show, but now you have AJ Brown um, start to pick things up a little bit. Now you have Josh Reynolds out of the slot picking up for Julio Jones a little bit, picking things up a little bit as well. And it's just, it's the ultimate complimentary football. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you watch the Arizona Cardinals play football, they are quite the puzzle right now to figure it out because they can run it with the best of them, and they can pass with the best of them. If you can do those two things, you got a great shot of winning on offense. And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yes, they have one of the best tight ends in the league. Yes, they have one of the best wide receivers in the league. But if you can't run the football and play complimentary ball, does that even really matter sometimes? Yeah, and, and by, I'll say this about Arizona, and nobody wants to talk about it because everybody wants to talk about Kyler Murray and Kingsbury's offense, is their defense is fantastic. That too, I mean, their, yeah. def their defense has been terrific, like turnovers and sacks and pressure. Watt's doing enough. Chandler Jones, obviously very good. They have playmakers in all levels, and their defense everybody sleeps on, but their defense has been so good that they can win almost any style of game uh, that they play. So the Cardinals are good. That, that actually gets me into a conversation of if you look at the top five teams in the league, they all come from the NFC. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Arizona Cardinals, the uh, L.A. Rams, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the Cards are undefeated. Everybody else has one loss. Are you sold that all of them are for real? And if there was one team that you had to bet, a, bet to melt down or, or limp to the finish line or not stay like this because these teams are all tracking like a 14 and 3 or 13 and 4 kind of team i got to redo the math yeah yeah um is there a team that you would say well listen look out uh you know I, I, why do i feel like a lot of people are gonna take the cowboys in this scenario but i'm not sure man the cowboys have a lot of good players uh like i'd put the cowboys offense up against any of these kind of offenses is it the packers uh yeah. is it the rams uh is it the Cardinals that could, eh, they got off to a good start, but they can't maintain it? Is there, If you had to pick one team that you'd bet against going yep. forward, sure. who you take? I still have to take the Dallas Cowboys, even though that's probably chalk at this moment. But I'm taking Dallas all day. Just because with Green Bay, I mean, you're talking about a team who's played in back-to-back -back NFC Championship games. All right, so they're seasoned, they're experienced. Aaron Rodgers still playing great football. Um, so it's hard to pick against the Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay, well, they're the returning Super Bowl champions. And they have a lot of that roster coming back. And you have Antonio Brown, who seems to be even playing at a better level than what he was last year. So it's hard to pick against them. I mean, I can't pick against Arizona because they're undefeated right now. And the, the, they're probably the best dual threat team in terms of running the football and passing the football in the entire NFL. And Los Angeles, you know, Stafford obviously is elevating that team. I am a little surprised about their defense in terms of how many points they're giving up, but I'm not worried about it quite yet because, you know, Dallas can do the same thing. So I have to take Dallas here. I really do. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's Green Bay. I feel like they've been a bit clunky on their way to 6-1, and one, which could go two different ways. You can give them an attaboy for being able to get to 6-1 and one and not play their best, or you could say maybe they're really not that good, you know? And, I mean, they could still find their groove and really take off, I guess. But uh, I think the Packers have been at least the one, the team that's probably the most leaky, Austin, uh, that, I, that I'm not sure I'd buy into. again. I have a hard time thinking that that Dallas offense is going to get stopped. I know their defense has probably played a bit above their pay grade yeah. right now, but I just feel like that offense is so good, they'll be able to dictate most games they're in. I mean, I'll be honest, it, it's... 
it's hard to bank on guys like, you know, I mean, Robert Tunyon, who kind of had that, you know, the one-off last year. He started picking things up a little bit now. But, like, Alan Lazard, you know, Valdez Scantling. Obviously, Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, but it's just I have such a hard time picking against Aaron Rodgers. I, I really do. Um, and it's no disrespect to Dak Prescott and that offense, but go ahead and give me Aaron Rodgers 10 times out of 10. I just um, – I'd roll the package over the Cowboys. I really would. Uh, Casey, what do you think there? Because you said Aaron Jones. I mean, he's not – he got paid. It doesn't feel like he's as dynamic, doesn't feel like he's, you know, as, as much of a threat. And so that's another reason I might pick against the Packers. But would you go in a different direction here uh, than we did? Is it the Rams? Is it the Cardinals? Uh, uh, the Bucks? I can't imagine anybody's going to pick against, although their defense could be a little bit shaky, too, against a pretty decent offense. Uh, I mean, the Rams are really good. I don't know. Like, they had some problems against Detroit, but I think that was more of a... Well, I mean, that was insane how Detroit had two yeah. fake punts and an onside yeah. kick. That's and the Rams still won that game. Think about yeah. that. That, that. That's like three more possessions, and, and the Lions still couldn't beat them. So, yeah, it's just – it's absolutely insane just what the Rams can overcome. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I feel bad for Dan Campbell a little bit because, like, that was the game it felt like that meant the most to him. When, yeah, you're, yeah. when you're pulling out literally all your tricks against a pretty good coached special teams with Jody Camillus, and you still got that and you still can't win, it was crazy. Uh, I got another thing for you guys. I was thinking, I was watching Jonathan Taylor last night. We obviously see what Derrick Henry's done. He should be in the MVP conversation. And then we know what James Robinson is. It, it just hit me. We're going to talk about this a little bit more tonight on Jags Report Live, and we have James Robinson on the show along with Jihad Ward, who will be there. And uh, that's at 7 o'clock from Sneakers. So you can watch it on Fox 30, but love you to come out. The AFC South is loaded with running backs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are really good. I mean, the three of the top rushers in the league come from the AFC South. I, I don't know if this isn't like an SEC, it just means more thing, by the way. Um, it's, it's, it's just pretty wild that the, the three backs that are really, really good um, are sitting there in the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's... I do feel good about that because that's what Joe Coleman was brought in to do is try to stop the run, and that's what they take pride in, and you get the sense that was why they hired Joe Coleman in the first place, and it, I think going forward, it is going to be about stopping the run. But when those temperatures get a little colder and we're talking playoff football, you're going to want one of those running backs, I'm telling you. Yeah, Henry Robinson, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's really starting to take form of who we, speaking of Wisconsin, right, mm -hmm. of who we kind of thought he would be, um, and, and he looks really good. Yeah. Uh, the, is, by the way, you, you're, are you winning the bet, do you feel like, on the Carson Wentz front? He's played well. But is he playing as well as some of his numbers show? All right. So, I mean, if you want to talk about bets, first of all, I am winning my bet on Arizona getting eight wins this year. <laughs> You're off to a good start. <laughs> off to a great start. I, I'm thinking about smoking a cigar right now just in celebration of that. But you that'll, should, that'll be after this, this show. Could, this could be like your college versus NFL picks. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I feel like the sample size isn't big enough yet to, to crown – you know, Carson Wentz, a, a bad pickup because of the injuries. You know, I mean, this is a team that, you know, with Carson Wentz, they just haven't been 100%, and Carson Wentz has been out for a little bit as well. So until I see four or five more games, I can probably accurately tell you, yeah, it was a good decision or a bad decision. It's just it's so hard to tell right now. I will say this, for all they've been through uh, as a team in terms of all the injuries and how T.Y. Hilton might be out again, we'll see. But going three and four, 
not the worst thing ever for the Indianapolis Colts right now. No, and they had a tough schedule to start, and, and then they had Wentz got a late start because of the camp injury and everything else. So, listen, I, I think, the, and Quentin Nelson did too, I, I, the numbers are really good right now on Wentz. I think I've read a, some stuff on him, and if you look at everything else, uh, you know, there's still a lot of hesitation on Wentz. They're not ready to be like, oh, yeah, he's like back to that MVP self. But if you look at some of the numbers, they've been really, really good. So be interesting to keep an eye on the Colts and – I think they got Tennessee next week, so that could be a huge game in the uh, AFC South. Let's get Captain Rick on right now here on a Monday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick, hope you had a nice weekend, man. Oh, I sure did, and I have saved the fall for everybody living here in Northeast Florida. I, I, I think they're going to give me a key to the city, Brent. <laughs> well, how'd you do that? Well, have you been bitten by a mosquito lately? No, I no. can't say that I have. I'm good. Okay, well, all right. Well, you won't be this fall because there is not one mosquito in the southeast United States that did not get full at the expense of me while I was deer hunting this week. This weekend. So don't you worry. You can go in the woods and never even think about a mosquito because they're all laying back in their hammock going, oh, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. I mean, it was it was. Terrible. But let's talk fishing because it was good inshore and not so great offshore over the weekend. The weather was perfect. Talked to Captain Craig Sutton. He was out trolling, looking for uh, some wahoo. Not a, not a single wahoo. I think he had one mahi and one blackfin tuna. Several boats reported about the same thing. We've got the big uh, El Pescado sailfish tournament coming up soon, and they were not located over the weekend. There were some mutton snapper caught and some vermilions and triggerfish, but not much on the troll at all. Inshore, it is wide open. It's breaking the guy's hearts to throw back a lot of flounder, but you can't keep a flounder until December 1st. So all these big four- and five-pounders that are getting caught, they have to be put right back in the water. But there have been plenty of limits of redfish going home and plenty of smaller reds to tell us that it's going to be a very good year again next year. So all in all, things have been good. It starts cooling down tomorrow. We're going to have some cooler weather. That should get our fish on the move even more. Right now, the mullet are starting to wane in the surf just a little bit. That runs almost over, but that means the whiting will be right ba- right behind them. And here's some else you can count on. We'll be back tomorrow with another fish report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Captain Rick. You, Come man. for the fishing. Stay for the mosquito report here on Action <laughs> Don't Sports Shacks. Don't worry Shacks, about huh? mosquitoes. I got them all, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. That's Captain Rick Riles, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report each and every day. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Saturday morning, 7 a.m. with Captain Rick as well on ESPN 690. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch as we just finished, wrapped up that conversation uh, with the Colts and if Jonathan Taylor starts taking off, if if uh, Wentz, if they, they navigated that early part of the schedule. That was a big win last week, last night, because that was a weird game, Austin. Like, it's hard to tell who was a better team in that game, which is oh, kind of yeah. one of those things. You're just trying to survive it, and Indianapolis did a better job of surviving it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the, the conditions just weren't up uh, to par in terms of what you want from a football game, but um, you know, the, the the running game prevailed, and a nice little sprinkle of Carson Wentz here or there helped things out a little bit, and I think it was an impressive win on the road in San Francisco against a, a pretty good San Francisco team, I think better than what the record indicates right now. Yeah, Pittman showed up in that game, too. He was yeah. catching everything. Uh, we'll take a break here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jags will go to Seattle. 
uh, coming up on Sunday. It's Florida Georgia week, an early look at this one. How big is this game in Jacksonville, this edition of it? Well, Georgia fan says it's as big as it's ever been. We talk about it on ESPN 690 when we come back. school guy i was you know jamar chase i mean he's proven already that he, he's worth the pick but i was a, a school guy because of our offensive line and but one thing i did add to that and i had mentioned earlier some of the assistant coaches that you know are now here that weren't here last year that and one is in in particular he was here three years ago and the fact that we didn't get school I, I i i added well i'm glad that we have frank pollock frank pollock is an amazing line coach not only technically, but he gets in your face. He's making these guys work. Any guesses, Austin Lane? Man. Obviously talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I know. Um, former Bengal, maybe? Got to believe so. Got to believe so. Former Bengal. Oh, yeah. <sighs> former, former, former Bengal? Like an older person? Older. Um, I, I, Does, I start to say the best Bengal of all time. Boomer Sizen, let's go. No. No, it's Chad Johnson. Also no. Oh. <laughs> I think I think what okay, maybe I'm wrong here, but I would say Anthony Munoz has to be oh, up there. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, man. Of course. Plus, uh, uh, I sort of got that cuz offensive line talk, yeah, I was way off. My bad. That's okay. Anthony Munoz. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I echoed this uh, and I think Brent kind of I mean, we were both kind of taken back by that draft pick just because everyone was Penny Sewell to Cincinnati makes so much sense. Like, how could you not go that direction? But you have to listen to your quarterback. And, and I truly believe Joe Burrow um, got on that soapbox and campaigned to get Jamar Chase here. And now let's be honest. The Bengals look great. I think Joe Burrow looks great. Penny, he can stay upright and stay healthy. Um, I think it's a great pickup. Let me ask you this. Not so much Bengals talk on uh, ESPN 690 in Jacksonville, but that yeah. was Anthony Munoz on KJM this morning, which you can hear on ESPN 690. But he, in that interview, he continued to mention the coaching of the offensive line yeah. and why he thought that pick being Jamar Chase would be okay. Can you really, like, coach up guys that were not great and make them good? Like, I know that yeah. seems like a weird thing to ask, but, yeah. like, they were – Anthony Munoz was very complimentary of the offensive line coach, coaching, and that has obviously worked because Joe Burrow's not getting sacked. So, I will say this. In terms of offensive line, um, yeah, I mean, you have to have power. You have to have a great anchor. But it's all about consistency. It's all about, like, doing the same thing the same way over and over again, whether it's with your steps out of your pass set, whether it's with your hand placement. Like, it's a very um, intricate art form, let's just say. It's almost like golfing or, like, darts, where it's like you have to do the same thing over and over again. Now, as an offensive lineman, you face different pass rushers, so when you face different pass rushers, obviously your skill set has to change a little bit to adapt to them. But overall, if you have the, the footwork and the hand placement um, and you're strong enough, then that's a great start. And I think what makes a good offensive line coach is holding those guys accountable. And it's the little details. It's the little finite things that maybe the casual person can't see. Or maybe, you know, you're, you get a, like a half an inch misstep. Or maybe your, your hand placement's just, it's a little too low, but, you know, it looks fine, but yet you want, you want perfection. You know, that's what makes a great offensive line coach is the attention to the details, which is, it's kind of ironic because line coaches, whether it's offense or defense, are usually psychos. Like, they're going to be yelling all the time and stuff. Sounds about so right. So you get the sense that it's more about the emotion part, more about just, you know, the, the finish part of the thing. 
but you also have to coach up the, the, the finite details as well. But I, I think it's a good testament to saying, too, of just how much a wide receiver can make a difference in year one. Not to say an offensive lineman can, because we see like what Tristan Wirfs did in, in Tampa Bay his rookie year. I mean, he had a great rookie campaign. But when you got guys like DK Metcalf and, and A.J. Brown their rookie years, and now we see Jamar Chase, it's amazing just how guys can come in from the college game. And keep in mind, Jamar Chase didn't even play last year. Yeah. Took the year off. Said, we'll see you later. So took the year off, essentially. Didn't play in an organized football game, as far as we know. Maybe played some flag football someplace. But didn't play in an organized tackle football game. And he comes in right away, and you know, preseason was a little shaky. He had a case of the dropsies a little bit. Don't see that now. I see, I see. I mean, do I dare say a, a top eight? maybe top five wide receiver already. Oh, yeah. And Casey, we had this conversation uh, before the show started. Like, I thought Jamar Chase was um, a product of getting lucky in terms of guys not covering him that well and him being wide open, which has happened. But then yesterday, I saw him make a catch and break three tackles and score a touchdown. Just blaze away from those Ravens defenders, who is a proud team on the defensive side of the ball. Like, that game to me... It was the coming out party, obviously, for the Cincinnati Bengals, but that was the exclamation point that shows that Jamar Chase could be the real deal going forward. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, let's stay here real quick. I didn't plan on doing this, but it popped in my head. Uh, by the way, Action Sports Jacks, ESPN 690, Austin Lane. I'm Casey Kurtz. Brent Martineau also here, but uh, got some things going on, so he's uh, dealing with whatever that may be. So I want to ask you about Jalen Waddle. Yeah. He has not been as impactful as Jamar Chase, <clears throat> but these last couple weeks he's been coming on. Yeah, and I I'm not gonna uh, like I said I'm not gonna say he's Jamar Chase, but I think he's doing good things. So my question lies with, where's Devonte Smith, and Dude. why isn't he doing these things that Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase are doing for their quarterbacks? Yeah. Which by the way, si very similar situation, second year quarterback in Jalen Hurts yeah. and Devonte Smith. It's just I, I don't want to say it's not working because he is catching the football and yeah. he's getting targets, but it's just it's definitely not Waddle and Chase. You know, it's Casey. It's a, it's a great question because this seems to be the storyline every single year. Like, let's go back to two years ago when you had guys like C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, Justin Jefferson, and, and Jerry Judy. And we could throw Mims in there as well because Mims was kind of an intriguing yeah. prospect, and also Brandon Ayuk as well. So like, we put all those guys, um, you know, in the box. Well, let's be honest. I mean, it's Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and then everybody else. Now, Michael yeah. Pittman's coming on, but, like, you know, we'll, we'll see. But out of that draft class, yeah, Justin Jefferson and, and C.D. Lamb. Case closed. Like, Henry Ruggs, we'll see. Um, Jerry Judy, we'll see. Denzel Mims, eh? I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see. And Brandon Ayuk is just fighting for a playing time right now because Debo Samuel has established himself as that one receiver. So when we look at that, I mean, what do all those things kind of have in common in terms of the guys that are doing great and the guys that are just doing, eh, we'll see. It's the quarterback play, okay? Yeah. It, it is the quarterback play. Now, it kind of begs the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Was Ryan Tannehill so good last year because of A.J. Brown? Or was A.J. Brown so good last year because of Ryan Tannehill? Was Kirk Cousins so good last year because of Justin Jefferson? Or was Justin Jefferson so good last year because of Kirk Cousins? I don't have the answer for you. But all I know is that when you have guys around them that can also shine, like an Adam Thielen in Minnesota, like obviously an Amari Cooper in Dallas, um, you know, I think with Pittman, I mean, 
you know, like I said, he's coming on, but, like, they don't really have a lot of guys around him, I feel like. And Jerry Judy, I mean, he's got Cortland Sutton and, and, and company, but doesn't really seem to be like the guy there either right now. It just it matters where you fit in that offense. It, it really does. Oh, by the way, A.J. Brown, we got Derrick Henry running the football. Yeah. yeah. You better be able to get open. So I think it's more of a compliment to the offensive weapons around them and also the quarterback throwing them the ball. That's why at the end of this season, I'm going to be keeping a very keen eye on some of these receivers coming out of college getting ready to go to the draft, whether it's from Ohio State whether it's that guy from Arkansas. Um, because I wonder if this is the direction that the Jaguars go now. Because history is showing us that if you have a running game, if you have other weapons, maybe like a Marvin Jones, maybe like a LaVisca Chenault, if you have other guys that can take attention off that rookie wide receiver. Oh, by the way, I forgot DK Metcalf. Hello. Yeah. So please forgive me on that one. DK Metcalf as well comes in right away. Great quarterback in Russell Wilson and a great other wide receiver in Tyler Lockett. He is great, ain't he? Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's up and he's down. Yeah, but now Geno Smith throwing the football. Well, we, we shall see. And by the yeah. way, a, a little breaking news, actually. I, I don't want to run a roll no. here. A little breaking news from Field Yates. So, uh, and I quote from Field Yates, reinforcements on their way for the Saints tonight as team has officially activated Quan Alexander, I think he's a pro bowler, and Marcus Davenport to the Saints roster. So, I mean, Casey, you hate to see that. Quan Alexander, he's good for at least, oh, I don't know, two sacks. Marcus Davenport's at least good for a, a, a quarterback sack fumble and probably a touchdown. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. This is a must-win game for the Saints, but I digress. Getting back to the, the topic at hand here with the Jaguars and what do they do going forward, I think they do have the team that can cultivate a rookie-wide receiver. Not yet. Maybe you need an offensive lineman. Maybe you need an unsexy position, and we'll see how that plays out. But I'm just saying, if you like a wide receiver there, um, you know, whether you're, and who knows what we're going to be picking yet, whether it's the fifth pick of the draft, six, seven, eight, I truly think that wide receiver can come in right away and make a difference. And, and that would help Trevor Lawrence out as well. And I think that goes back to the point Steven made a little uh, last week, I believe, with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, obviously boys. So you look at a guy like Justin Ross from Clemson. Yeah. Um, there's an obvious connection there, but I... If you don't know about Justin Ross, I mean, he wasn't supposed to play football. And he took all last year off because he had um, a neck fusion injury, mm -hmm. and he wasn't supposed to play football ever again. Uh, he is now playing for Clemson. But, Austin, let me get your opinion on this. You, you can't pick a guy who had a serious, serious neck injury and has a surgically repaired neck, for yeah. lack of a better term, in the top seven. Let's just say the Jags have a top seven pick. Mm -hmm. You can't do that for the odds of failure, right? Man, Casey, you're not wrong there. As I'm reading about it here, so yeah, he had a, a bulging disc to repair his spine. Um, you hear like you know older people, like elderly people, having to have that type of surgery. That's a that's a major major surgery, especially so it was a fusion surgery, which um you know the recovery from that, like they say, you never come back in terms of your full mobility. I mean, I'm sure he has you know the best physical trainers or anything looking at him. Uh, but the number one question is, well, how can you respond from the surgery? We don't know yet. To answer that question, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of risk right there if you're pick number seven, number eight. I think if he falls to maybe, you know, the, the second or third round and you want to take a swing, then by all means think outside the box and take the swing because we have seen this story play out before for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've seen a guy in Miles Jack who everybody painted the picture that his knee was a ticking time bomb. 
and he had like four good years, and then who knows what's going to happen. Well, Miles Jack has signed another contract. He's been here for a while now, and he doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon, right? No. So sometimes, but keep in mind, Miles Jack also fell because of that, and then the Jaguars got a steal where they, where they took him. Mm-hmm. Juwan Taylor is the same deal. Now, it wasn't necessarily a ticking time bomb in his shoulder, but teams were turned off to the idea that Juwan Taylor had some shoulder issues. Well, you know, say what you want about Juwan Taylor, shoulder issues, I don't think, have really been a detriment to him. So that's another example. I just think that if you're going to fully invest in, you know, like you said, uh, let's say uh, the, the seventh pick overall in a guy like Justin Ross because it's going um, to make your quarterback happy, I understand that, but I'd probably go in a different direction then and probably a little more safer direction in terms of maybe some cat out of Ohio State or that bigger receiver out of Arkansas. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just thought it's fascinating no, it's because a, it's you, have to, you have to connect the dots, right, with Trevor Lawrence there and what happened uh, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at LSU now at Cincinnati. Um, I've had this thought in my head for a bit. We're going to talk about it next when we come back here. And it, it has to do with uh, one Manning and another Manning. Okay. They're back. Oh, they're back tonight? Yeah. Oh, I mean, does it get much better, Casey? Our fantasy football not. showdown, Mannings are back. Do we have the rundown of who the guests are going to be? You better believe it. Oh, and I, I bet we're going to grade them, aren't we? Uh, Can I, we? I don't think we need to grade it. I think it's just oh, straight it's A's. Yeah. Okay, straight A's? Okay, It's good, really good. good. We'll talk about it when we come back. Brent may or may not be back, but either way, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, we'll talk about it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He's going to have command of what we're doing. He's going to be poised about it. Uh, he, he's, um, he's capable of doing everything that we're asking of him. We're not going to make anything, you know, any requests of him that, that he can't deal with or hasn't dealt with in the past. So, um, you know, I'm, expect, I'm hoping that he'll feel really comfortable in the game um, because he looks great in practice and everything's going well. And I hope he feels comfortable in the game and, uh, and just functions like he always does. And so if he does that, then we, he gives us a really good chance. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. Casey, let me ask you a question. What's up? And I want the honest answer. Uh, the, the, the honest answer here. I can do that. Okay. Geno Smith. Yeah. Or Gardner Minshew. Um. Yeah. You're, I'll, you're, I'll say it one more time for the no, people. You don't have to. I'll say you don't have to. Back, Geno Smith or Gardner Minshew. You're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to give me Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree with you here. You know, it was an interesting conversation that we had in the 4 o'clock hour that Brent brought up that I haven't really even given a lot of thought to because I just kind of I wanted to bury it and kind of put it past me a little bit. But there's another team, I think, in Seattle where if you still had Gardner Minshew a couple weeks ago and Russ Wilson goes out, I wonder if Seattle's a team that, that would maybe make a play for a Gardner Minshew. They'd have to, right? I, I feel like they would, yeah, because I think we know what Geno Smith can give us. I think with Gardner Minshew, you have a good idea but, I mean, he's – and once again, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm such a big fan of his when he was in Jacksonville. But maybe the best is still yet to come for Gardner Minshew. Who knows? Maybe he gets a shot in Philadelphia, even though – and I understand all the hate right now for Jalen Hurts, but my fantasy numbers look an extra juicy, Casey. I saw him. Believe okay. it or not, I saw my, him. My fantasy <laughs> numbers every single week are looking – extra juicy and I, I, I get it you know because we had Brandon Ponsel calling uh, he's, he's not a good quarterback and that's fine okay y'all can think that but when you're a top five quarterback and you're on my fantasy football team and my numbers are once again looking extra juicy maybe well, me, medium rare I can't say you're a bad quarterback well me, uh, you know they're okay well, are you saying that he's not juicy and he's not no, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly talking about your fantasy you, team not Jay okay, Hurts because don't check the tape check the numbers and then get back to me 
Here's the thing. 110, yeah. we're Garbage not breaking stop. any windows down, by the way. 110 fantasy points. I'm sorry? 110 fantasy oh, points? Yeah, it wasn't his fault. Well, Jalen Hurts did his job, outshine Lamar Jackson once again. Wow. Uh, anyway, Brent, would you feel Jackson, more comfortable with Geno Smith or Gardner Minshew? <laughs> By the way, Gardner Minshew for sure. Jacksonville is a garbage issue, and so does uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly. Oh, wow. Top <laughs> five fantasy. Top five, top five quarterback you're talking about right there in yeah, Jalen Hurts in fantasy he, numbers. He is, if you look at his numbers through the first three quarters, it's like, my goodness, and then you're right, he pours it on in the fourth, but doesn't that doesn't it have the feel of the Bortles stuff? And by the way, I defended Bortles at times. I kind of believe if you're putting up numbers, you're putting up numbers, mm -hmm. but you also do have to understand the context of the game, like dictating play, control, flow of the game. That does come into play. It feels that way a little bit for Jalen Hurts. I mean, this is just all 30, what was the score, you know, 30 to 7? I mean, at one point it was, and then it ended up being 33 to 22. Close, <laughs> close nail-biting game. No, it wasn't. Close nail-biting game. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Never in doubt. Hey, I'm just saying to save myself any, you know, videos that might come out of you guys making fun of me. I said Jalen Hurst is going to be a great fantasy quarterback. Didn't say he was going to be a Pro Bowler or an All Pro. <laughs> yeah, I said great fantasy quarterback, <laughs> and we're here, top five in, in NFL quarterbacks in fantasy football. Uh, I rest fair. my case. That's fair. Uh, but I also uh, said that they're going to be the Cowboys in the division. <coughs> e and have more wins than the Jags. How many wins do the Eagles have? Two? Two. All right, Jags. Come on, baby. Speaking of, do you feel a little bit better? I thought this seven-game stretch was so daunting for the Jags. And, like, just like e – I, I remember saying this in the, when the schedule came out, Austin. Yeah. I said, if the Jags are even playing pretty good football, they will lose maybe all of the seven games uh, or probably six or seven. Because coming out of the bye, you had Seattle out west. That's never a good thing. You get the Bills at home. Somewhere in there, you get the Colts and the 49ers and the Falcons as well. Uh, and who am I missing? Um, I'm missing. Oh, the Rams. Rams and yeah. then the Titans. And so that's the seven-game stretch I'm talking about. Not in that order, uh, but follow me. But now you look at Seattle without Russell Wilson. Obviously a big advantage to not have to play Russell Wilson. And their defense isn't that good. I mean, uh, yeah, Seattle, I'm still probably going to pick them there. It's out west. It's Seattle. It's the Jags. But it just looks a lot different. The 49ers, do you feel different about them coming here than maybe you did at the beginning of the year? I, I know I do. I don't know how different. We've still got a few weeks for that. And you know how I feel about Shanahan. But, again, I'm starting to back off Shanahan a little bit. Uh, the but hang Falcons on. Do you think George Kittle is going to be playing – in Jacksonville? He could be, yeah. I mean, that will make a difference. Same time by 30. <laughs> I'm not picking the Jags in these games and saying they're going to win all four. I'm just saying I don't know if they're as good-looking on the opponent's side as we thought they might be. And the Colts fit that category. And the Falcons, some people never thought they'd be good anyway. But maybe they're playing better. Who knows? I mean, with Pitts and, and Matt Ryan. But they're, they're squeaking by any time they win a game. So I, I just think those four games, that looks really, really tough. Now, there's a few games in there I just can't imagine yeah. uh, the Jags match up well, right? The Rams and the Bills, just that looks almost impossible to beat those two teams, yeah. even if it is the NFL. The Titans right now, you would say, well, the Jags certainly have no chance. We'll see in seven weeks when they play them what the Titans look like. It could look different. Uh, but anyway, we're looking at a seven-game stretch here where I just thought was impossible for the Jags. Sure. That's why we put so much pressure on the early games. And now I'm just not so sure. I think maybe the Jags can get two or three of these games if they play better football. No, I get what you're saying. You're essentially going, okay, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, like, you know, they were the ugly girl in the bar. But all of a sudden we talked to her a little bit, and guess what? Someone just applied to go to MIT. Somebody's got a brain on her, all right? Somebody could be making six figures in a couple years, and now all of a sudden she's not the ugly, she's not the ugly girl in the bar anymore. She can carry a conversation, and now we're 
more in treat. That's well, either that or, or the opposite side is that she was like uh, the, the most beautiful thing in the world, and then the lights came on. I mean, oh, okay, well, me and Brent, you know, I'm trying to have my fantasy. You can have your fantasy. We, we, we can both have our fantasies here. I'm just saying, hopefully, she, she's going to MIT, Brent. All right? That means something where I come from. You kidding me? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it should mean somewhere. I mean, you're, you're from that area. You know how important MIT is, right? <laughs> yes, MIT. Okay. All I remember MIT for is Goodwill Hunting. Well, and, hey, that, that won a couple of awards, so there you go. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, thanks for uh, taking over there for a few minutes. Did you talk Florida Georgia at all? We did not talk Florida Georgia at we all. We did uh, not, but we have something that we do have to talk about that we teased. You're not going to have another open for me, are you? Uh, not about how great everything is. I mean, do I have to bring Frosted Flakes in tomorrow? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, you no, could. No, 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 no not at all. No one's going to complain. But. Uh, and by the way, Brett, in case uh, there was some breaking news that came out from uh, Field Yates If this here. is the same stuff. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? Go ahead. I mean, Casey, tell them about the two washed up players that got activated. Oh, wow. Okay. Keep in mind, he said washed up. Brent, so according to Field Yates, reinforcements on their way to Seattle tonight um, as the team for the Saints has officially activated Quan Alexander and Marcus Davenport. Uh-oh. Uh-oh for Casey. All right. Let's get back to the business at hand, and that is Manning and Manning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to get back call. to it. Good we got call. four guests tonight. We're going to start at guest one. I haven't seen these yet. Yeah, I can't wait. It's in Seattle. Not Manning and Manning, but the game is in Seattle. Guest one. They're probably going to have some Skittles on hand. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, very good. Now, you I might think. Go ahead, Brent. I love the fact that he is, you say Skittles, you think Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. To. I wish that I had that. You know, I wish you could say, like, Starburst and you thought of me. Yeah, but I think... Sunsets. Yeah, so I was going to say sunsets <laughs> or sunshine and rainbows. You think of yeah, Brett Martin, maybe, no? Maybe. But yeah. I don't know. The candy just seems a little bit better. But go on. <laughs> so you might think, could it get better? Guess two, which, by the way, I would hate to be guest three and four. Actually, I'd hate to be guest two following up Marshawn Lynch. But True. guess two is Tom Brady. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a good get. So you got you got the goat of football. Then yeah. you got guest three, the goat of the WNBA, and that's Sue Bird. Sue Bird? Oh, oh, that's good. And then... At, at guess four, we could barely squeeze him in. We're, we're going to try to get you in, Drew Brees. Guess four. <laughs> guess four is Drew Brees. Uh, Drew's you know, everywhere. He's in Notre Dame game. He's talking Sunday night football. I mean, Drew's everywhere. You know what? I hope Drew Brees gets bumped out like I did when I was on NFL Live, and then he bumped me out because of his contract. By the way, that'd be a little karma good for him. That would be awesome. That'd be a little karma for him. By the way, did you see that Drew Brees and uh, Calais Campbell in, like, the Lowe's commercial? I have seen that. Seen it yeah. way too many times. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's showing you how much I don't watch football on a Sunday because I hadn't seen that commercial. No, and for that's sure. playing every Sunday. Well, <laughs> nonstop. And, and he's also rocking a, a new crop of hair, it looks like, too, because the hair looks fantastic. Be, if we're being honest here. I mean, he's, he's got, like, the Brian Urlacher treatment going. Have you seen his hair lately? A new crop of hair. I hadn't. I hadn't. Well, you're to see it tonight and tell me I'm wrong. All right. I like it. Uh, hey, Florida Georgia Week is here. We will talk a little bit more about it, especially the dogs coming up uh, tomorrow because they got the number one defense in the land and looking for that first national title since 1980. A ton on the line for the dogs. We talk about it coming up tomorrow and the rest of the week. Don't forget to download the relevant app for your chance to find some tickets to that game. Clues on the relevant app, but you got to download it. R E L E V N T. Jags Report Live coming up in an hour. I'm going to Sneakers at Jack's Peach. You can be there too. James Robinson, Jihad Ward will be there. And if you can't make it out, join us on Fox 30. We've got Monday Night Football tonight. Saints, Seahawks. 
and uh, Casey versus Austin in a fantasy battle. Can't wait to see how it all shakes out. I want an open tomorrow, Casey, if it ends up in your favor. I'm going to show up tomorrow if I lose tonight right I'll now. I'll even I'm help you up. out with it. Have a good night, boys. We'll uh, talk to everybody again tomorrow at 3 on ESPN 690.